Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point right here on KDUS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDUS1060.com. And with the KDUS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, there's even more incentive now to download the KDOS 1060 app right now as you follow along after you register with the Listener Rewards Opportunities, which puts you eligible for a $100 gift certificate as you follow along here for the rest of the month of September, courtesy of Superbook Sports. It is Bob Kemp. It is Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Heavy into the recap of the NFL college football we'll get back into that here momentarily but first we must reset the scene with today's poll questions and we'll do that with the kdos1060.com poll question first are you more optimistic about the cardinals after the season opening 20 to 16 loss at washington yes continues to lead the way here now at 76 percent of the vote no trailing at 74 percent yeah um how many games are they going to lead in the fourth quarter this season so maybe that's a, just a question. I don't know if I'm going to keep score uh, as we go along, but uh, you know they were winning in the fourth quarter of a game. I'm guessing that's not going to happen with uh, high frequency this year. Uh, but certainly uh, they did some good things on defense for the most part, and uh, they did almost nothing on offense for the most part. Uh, yes, and we will officially answer this question here uh, around 1130. Just, I guess, to answer your one question about how many games will they be leading into the fourth quarter, we talked about how difficult this schedule on paper does look like, you know, getting the AFC North in this particular year. But maybe week two, what do we think of the Giants after, you know, their situation last night from Sunday Night Football? So possibly maybe week two? I'll be picking the Giants this week against the Cardinals. Fair enough. All right. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll answer that question around 1130. I don't know about the point spread yesterday yet because the last I saw was between four and a half and five and a half, so I'm not sure about that. But uh, as far as straight up, I'll be picking the Giants to win the game. Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. There is one final game to wrap up week one in the NFL who wins Monday night in the swamps of Jersey. The Bills leading the way at 66.7%. Jets 33.3%. I appreciate you sticking with the swamps of Jersey thing there. I know I text that to you. I didn't know if you were going to completely stay with that. So thank you very much. You're welcome. And hope you, Bruce, get well. You, you need to be well by November the 20th at least. So the 26th, I guess it is, right? Uh, when he's supposed to be. No, I'm wrong about that. It was like the 30th of November. I should know what date that is when he's going to be here, supposed to be here. But he's uh, away from the away for a while uh, because he's, you know, he's like 70-something years old and he runs around for three and a half hours every night. He's been trying to do this for like nine months and he's, he's tired. So there you go. I'm tired just watching him. So there you go. 
It is pretty impressive to be able to have the stamina to do that. And, you know, he's singing all of his songs and all the, I mean, goodness gracious, you talk about all the time his set lists and things like that. So he, he goes hard in those uh, those concerts. And he puts some mileage on the you know, the stage, too. He doesn't just stand there or sit on a stool uh, for three and a half hours. He's moving around. Well, let's get back to the NFL here as we're recapping week number one, and we're currently in the afternoon slate of things. Uh, let's continue here with the Dolphins and the Chargers. This ended up being quite a shootout here with the Dolphins winning 36-34 to 34 over the Chargers. Austin Eckler, though, he continues to be quite a force for the Chargers. 16 carries, 117 yards, one touchdown. He also had four catches for 47 yards, but you had things turn for the Chargers with Justin Herbert being called for the intentional grounding penalty that certainly cost them. Yeah, that's true. But I'm going to start with the defense here. How does Brandon Staley still have a job? I mean, I've been saying this since like the first game he had a job as far as a head coach. He's a defensive guy. Their defense sucks. Uh, How much man-to-man defense are we going to play against the Dolphins? And, uh, I know that some of those games, some of those big plays were zone, but it sure seemed like there were a lot of man-to-man coverage situations. There cannot be a player in the NFL that had a worse game yesterday than J.C. Jackson. I know he had a pick, uh, but you know what is he thinking at the end of the first half? That cost them points, uh, and he just got torched. Uh, so you know, the head coach is not putting the guys in position to make the proper plays. And the guys that are supposed to be making plays and the guys you paid money for are not making plays. Uh, And I know it's just week one, but this is the kind of loss that can actually hurt you in a tie-breaking situation in what should be a top-heavy AFC. Absolutely, yeah. And Tua, to this point here, 28 of 45, 466 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 215 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, And then obviously here for the Dolphins side of things, we we were all kind of anticipating what the new look uh, charge or the the new look Dolphins defense was going to look like here under Vic Fangio, but you do have such an explosive offense with the Chargers. So putting pressure on that uh, Dolphins defense but also factoring in your acquisition you bring in to help in the secondary Jalen Ramsey you're going to be without him for a while that's true um I was uh, not that surprised this game was high scoring quite frankly you know two I see is second now in the MVP odds for some places um you know I think it's more likely to you know try to get a prop bet on him under 17 games for the season and Hate, hate to root against somebody being in, get, get somebody injured, but you know, if you could actually bet under 17 games or X number of games, I would bet the under on that, unfortunately. But uh, he was unbelievable yesterday. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, a lot of times matched up one on one against you know, J.C. Jackson, uh, 215 yards on 11 catches. Uh, so we'll see what, how, how it goes. And Teron Armstead didn't even play, uh, left tackle for the Dolphins. Last year when he didn't play, their offensive numbers were anemic. Obviously, yesterday it made no difference because he's going against Brandon Staley's defense. 
The Packers go on the road to Chicago, a 38-20 victory for the Packers, and really it couldn't have gone any better for Green Bay. Jordan Love, he was 15-27, 245 yards, three touchdowns, but oftentimes his receivers were just so wide open. Um, Justin Fields, he was 24 of 37, 216 yards, one touchdown, one interception that was a pick six, nine carries, 59 yards, and he also did lose a fumble. Yeah, well, there are a few games that surprised me less than this. Um, all this Bears crap in the offseason, I'm just not a Justin Fields believer, um, even though you know, he went to a tremendous university. Uh, but I just can't do it. And there's, you know, I say this every time, uh, like for three years, I don't know how he ever survives to get the next playoff. I mean, he takes some monument. No quarterback in the NFL has taken more shots, and I mean legitimate shots, than he has. He gets clobbered a lot. And uh, their offensive line is still not any good. They also are, you know, granted they have arguably their best offensive lineman is hurt and going to miss the first four games. But I don't think it's going to be any better if it's in, if they're uh, intact offensively. Uh, DJ Moore, DJ Moore, DJ Moore, it's not that hard to say, Bob. DJ Moore had two targets in this game, and they were on like consecutive plays. That was it. That's yeah. their big offseason acquisition. You got to get him involved more. Uh, but I also, on the wide receiver front here, I guess it's it's proven to me now that Chase Claypool just has not worked out in the NFL. Okay. Well, I didn't think he was any good in Pittsburgh. So, um, this is one guy I was right about from the start. Well, I shouldn't say from the start because I didn't think he was that good at Notre Dame. I just thought he was physically better than a lot of the guys he faced in college. And then as soon as we saw him in Pittsburgh, it just didn't look like it was a good idea. Um, he also, you know, he said some things that you know, rubbed a lot of people, including me, the wrong way when he was in Pittsburgh. So I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if he were out of the league in a couple years, quite frankly. He's just not a good football player at the NFL level. Then you have the Eagles getting a 25-20 to 20 win over the Patriots here. It certainly was not a pretty or dominating performance from the Eagles here. Jalen Hurts, 22 of 33, 170 yards, one touchdown, nine carries, 37 yards. He also had a fumble. The Patriots were able to expose the middle of the field on the defensive end. Kendrick Bourne, uh, he maybe is reborn with Bill O'Brien. Six catches, 64 yards, two touchdowns. Ramadre Stevenson, six catches for 64 yards. Uh, but the pick six from Mac Jones, obviously, uh, was a killer for the Eagles being up 16-0 early. That and you know, Zeke lost a fumble. That led to an immediate touchdown also. Uh, actually, I was pretty unimpressed with uh, both offenses here. Um, not that surprised. I was unimpressed by the New England offense because I just can't get into Mac Jones. Even though, yeah, you know, I like Bourne, and I when he was with the Niners, I thought he was underused there. But you know, you can only have so many guys to throw it to, I guess. So I understand why he's not there anymore. So at least they got him the ball. That's a good thing. You know, the Philadelphia offense really didn't do much. Um, I think the most interesting thing from that is that Kenneth Gainwell was really the primary ball carrier. You know, so I'm sure fantasy owners are just kind of ripping their hair out. At least some of them are uh, because of that. And uh, we'll get into this with John McKechnie from rotowire.com in our weekly fantasy update at uh, 9.15 on the Tuesday show of the Sports Zone. 
So that's definitely going to be one of the tackle, or one of the topics. Uh, and also one other thing about the Eagles in this game, Kobe Dean, it appears he's avoided having foot surgery. Uh, he went down with an injury in this game. It didn't look good, but uh, the report this morning is he's not going to at least need surgery. Uh, certainly it looks like he's going to be out for a while, though. Yeah, I believe Adam Schefter uh, continuing on with that, saying that he'll be out for at least a month with that foot injury and that Philadelphia has signed former Titans uh, linebacker Rashawn Evans to the practice squad. There's one other thing here for the Eagles, this coming from Ian Rappaport, that cornerback James Bradbury is in the concussion protocol. This also not great because the Eagles play Thursday night. That is correct. They do, and uh, it's against the Vikings, so I'm sure that – you know, people have their own assumptions of the Vikings at this point. And before the game, kind of what we assumed last Friday, but uh, before the game, uh, the the uh, Patriots did place uh, ASU alum Jack Jones on the uh, injured list uh, with a hamstring injury, so that means he's going to miss at least the first four weeks. Yeah, and I don't know if this is just kind of a slow start for, for the Eagles or if there's room for excitement with the Patriots' defense to be, you know, because as we talked about it on Friday, Bill Belichick's schemes have always kind of struggled against mobile quarterbacks here, and some of the things that have kind of shown up in certain circumstances for for the Patriots is just a, uh, they've always had some size, but sometimes the lacking of the athleticism at the linebacker position and the ability to, to run in space. Also, Chris Christian Gonzalez is really good. Yeah, I actually like their defense. I liked their defense last year, and their numbers were amazingly good considering how many bad positions that the offense put that defense in. So I, I think their defense is fine. I uh, just you know, My skepticism about the Patriots has to do with their offense and you know, specifically with the quarterback. The last game of week one wrapping up yesterday. Uh, Obviously, we have one more to go for Monday Night Football, but Sunday Night Football's contest, the Cowboys uh, crushed the Giants 40 to nothing. Uh, You thought this game maybe was going to be a game based upon the opening drive because you had the Giants marching down the field. Then they self-destructed, which led to uh, losing yardage, settling for a field goal. That field goal was blocked, returned for a touchdown, and then that's when everything just completely unraveled here for the Giants on the offensive side of the ball as the Cowboys defense took over they had seven sacks Daniel Jones had two interceptions they had five forced fumbles on the day uh so the offense here maybe we still have some questions because they weren't needed to uh have a big game but Dak Prescott 13 of 24 143 yards Tony Pollard in his role as being running back number one 14 carries 70 yards and two touchdowns and they didn't even need to take advantage of their biggest advantage in this game would be uh, C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks against the two rookie corners of the Giants. So didn't really play a role there. You mentioned the seven sacks from seven different guys. Uh, they had three takeaways, not surprising, because they led the NFL in takeaways, the Cowboys, the last two years. And, uh, you know, one last thing on the Cowboys, and I have one more thing I want to mention on the Giants. Uh, also on this day, I want to emphasize that they, I thought it was very impressive that the Dallas coaching staff and some of their traveling party when they got to the stadium were wearing a NYPD and NYFD hats uh, the day before 9-11. Uh, and as far as the uh, other thing, I mentioned some bad offensive lines, and I'm not sure the PFF, PFF grades and so forth, but I'm guessing 
that along with those bottom five offensive lines from yesterday that the Giants have to be in that list. Well, one more thing supporting uh, because today is September 11th and honoring of things yesterday in New York and New Jersey area. Uh, Queen Latifah did unbelievable. The whole rendition of the national anthem and everything was just really awesome. So that was fun to, to watch uh, yesterday before the game got started. And I imagine that there's going to be much more happening uh, ahead of tonight's game. Yeah, in fact, NFL Network this morning, uh, there was some I, – I, I didn't catch what exactly what was going on, but it was a commemorative thing uh, in New York City this morning on 9-11. They actually went live to part of that on the NFL Network this morning during the Good Morning Football Show. 602-260-1060, that's the number if you'd like to join the program. We will take your calls now, get to you on the other side of the break. Also on the other side of the break, we will tackle the college football weekend, ASU U of A. Uh, they both lost their games in different ways, so we'll tackle that, as well as Alabama uh, losing in Tuscaloosa to Texas and Colorado, now 2-0, and topping Nebraska here. The momentum for Deion Sanders continues. We'll see how all of that continues to unfold in college football. But that's coming up on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. Teams Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night starting at 7 on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app. Eleven twenty-four here on KDOS AM 1060. It is the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Let's dive into the college football action from over the weekend. And we'll start here locally. ASU football losing to Oklahoma State 27-15. to ASU did not score in the second half. Jaden Rashada, maybe it was a mixed bag again for him. Uh, he looked good. He had some good moments early, some shaky ones later in the contest, resulted in 16 of 29, 167 yards, one touchdown, one interception. ASU aggressive. They went for it on fourth down, but they were just one of five on fourth down and six of 15 on third down. Also, you have an injury to the offensive line with Emmett Bull carted off in the first quarter with an air cast on his left leg. And they were already without another offensive lineman in this game to start with, so... That uh, not good. This is a team that, uh, in spite of their 700 transfers, don't have a lot of depth, especially on defense. That I think that that showed up in the second half of this game. Also, I think the coaching showed up in the second half of this game. You have a more experienced staff from Oklahoma State, and I uh, thought that uh, it was a uh, you know not not a good uh, performance by head coach and quarterback, who are both inexperienced at what they do at ASU at this point. So we'll see what happens, but uh, not a good sign. Oklahoma State's not a good team. I mean, I think they're in a, maybe an above-average team uh, at best. Uh, so the fact that ASU just completely got outplayed and outmanned significantly in the second half and outcoached, I uh, think, is a bad sign for ASU the rest of the season, quite frankly. 
U of A football. It was a 31 to 24 loss in overtime to Mississippi State in Mississippi State. Jaden Delora, uh, 22 or 32, excuse me, 32 of 46, 342 yards, two touchdowns, and four interceptions. Will Rogers, conversely, 13 of 17, 162 yards, and three touchdowns. It's kind of weird to see a stat line from Will Rogers with just 17 passes. Correct. Well, they're for they're a run first team. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Mike Leach unfortunately passed in last off season. I was actually before the bowl game last year, uh, but uh, you know they're they're running the ball and uh, they kicked ass at the line of scrimmage in this game. And the U of A, it's the same old, same old for me. You know, a lot of my U of A friends and Tucson, uh, you know, buddies uh, think that Jed Fish is the greatest coach that they've had since you know. You know, since uh, you know, basically whenever, whoever you thought there was the best U of A coach in the past, he's not good. I think he's a good recruiter of offensive players. Uh, they have some defenders that have some skill, but, you know, once again, I think their defense is not good. Uh, Jaden Delora, people keep telling me he's a good quarterback. Really? Uh, three first-half interceptions. He makes some of the dumbest decisions in the history of the position and did on Saturday at uh, during the first half. And then I understand he was just short of the first down at the end of the game, but it's fourth and, you know, you know longer than you – know, it's fourth and long uh, in that last play. You're not going to – almost never going to be able to run for a first down then. you got to throw the damn ball. He's just not smart. Jed Fish is a good offensive recruiter, but he's not a head coach that's ever going to do anything in the college level, in my opinion, ever. So ASU, U of A, both sitting at one in one now to start the season here. Flipping this over to more college football, and the big game of the day was Texas and Alabama. Texas goes on to win 34-24 over Alabama in Tuscaloosa. This is a little tidbit here. First time Alabama has lost by double digits at home in the Nick Saban era. Jalen Milrow threw two picks. He was sacked five times. Meanwhile, Quinn Ewers, 24 of 38, 349 yards, three touchdowns. And when we had concerns maybe about Texas's offensive line based upon week one, they showed up big in week two. Yeah, they did okay. I mean, I think more importantly, uh, they their defensive front dominated the Alabama offensive front. I think that was the biggest surprise to most in this game. Uh, they physically destroyed them in, in some cases. You know, they had the better quarterback. Quinn Ewers was really good. Uh, you know, they, uh, they've got some receivers. They've got skill players on the Texas team. I think we knew that. Uh, Worthy is an NFL receiver for sure. I think that Sark outcoast Saban in this game. Um, and just to add a little more, uh, well, I'm going to get one more thing on Texas in here. That was their first road win against the top three opponents since 1969. Uh, it's a long time ago. That's Daryl Royal was the coach there, and they were running the wishbone. Huh. Uh, and, uh, Texas is going to be likely favored to win every game from here until the end of the season. They might have been even if they'd lost this game. Uh, but uh, they're definitely going to be that. Uh, that's going to be the case now for sure. As far as the Alabama side of things, uh, also it's uh, the first loss to a non-conference opponent. Granted, they're in the same conference starting next year, uh, but non-conference opponent since Saban's first year at Alabama, uh, when I think they lost. I forgot who they lost to. Some team, a non-non Power Five team. 
they lost to that first year he was there, but that was you know, many, many years ago. Milrow uh, did some decent things, uh, but I think he was running for his life more than anything else. He made a couple of bad decisions, but more than, mainly it was the offensive line. And remember, they played this game last year, and Alabama was lucky to escape Austin with the win. Got some nice uh, officiating that was on their side from the SEC officials that were in Austin last year doing this game. Uh, but uh, they had 15 penalties last year in this game. They had 10 more penalties on uh, on Saturday night. And uh, so you know, Alabama loses. And I don't think it's exactly gloom and doom for the, uh, for the Alabama. But I do think through two weeks of the college football season, uh, the mighty SEC, other than Georgia, I'm not sure who's the second best team. So is Texas back? That's the question everybody wants to know, right? Well, I've gone, I've fallen into that trap before. But I, as I mentioned uh, in the first hour of the Sports Zone, when Monroe called, uh, and we talked about Texas a little bit. Uh, I was more impressed with this Texas victory than I have been in a Texas game for a long time, and I've since thought about that a little more. I'm guessing since they went to the national championship game and lost to Alabama in, what, 2008 or 2009, whatever year that was, when Mac Brown was still the head coach. Colorado beat Nebraska 36-14. to I'm curious to see what the ratings for this contest will be like after Colorado had the most watched game uh, last week when they faced TCU. So what is it like against an old foe in Nebraska that will be a new foe moving forward into the Big 12? Uh, but you have uh, 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 Sanders. 31 of 42, 393 yards, two touchdowns. The Buffaloes, though, only 58 yards rushing on 33 carries. Kind of what we expected a little, you know, like two weeks ago. Uh, you know, the thing about the, that first game against TCU that maybe shouldn't have been surprising when considering the TCU defense wasn't very good even last last year when they went, even when they went to the national championship game. Uh, so maybe it. Uh, we shouldn't have been surprised that Colorado's offensive line was that good the first game. But, uh, you know, I think, I think Nebraska has good defense. Uh, their offense is a mess. Jeff Sims, who I thought at one time was going to be a good quarterback at Georgia Tech, and then I just blamed it on bad coaching. Well, I think he's certainly certainly being coached better now, and he's just maybe a bad quarterback. Uh, so we'll see what happens. They had four turnovers. He had three of those. Uh, they've now – Nebraska – I always keep throwing out these bad Nebraska stats, but I can't help myself. Uh, last year was the five and twenty-six. Last week, excuse me, the five and twenty-six in one in one-score games in their last thirty-one of those. Now it's twenty-two straight losses to a ranked opponent. Uh, that's a you know a mighty program has fallen, and there you go. They got twenty-four points their first two games, Nebraska. Notre Dame tops NC State 45-24. to Sam Hartman, 15 of 24, 286 yards, four touchdowns. They also had, as a team, 170 yards on the ground. Amazing what competent quarterback play can do for the Fighting Irish here. But how much should we kind of tread lightly here based upon uh, some of the opponents that they have played so far? I think that NC State's not bad. I mean, Brandon Armstrong, who used to be a good at Virginia – uh, wasn't good on Saturday. I mean, he made a couple nice throws, but he seems to uh, – he still has – they actually – he has the same offensive coordinator and I 
uh, was he showed up this year at, uh, at NC State after Armstrong transferring from Virginia. Uh, Nye last year was at Syracuse uh, with that overrated team. Uh, but uh, so they've got the coordinator and quarterback they went, uh, they won, excuse me. The defense is usually really good. Notre Dame, they're, they've got some skill players, not just Hartman. They've got three running backs. They've got two or three wide receivers. They always have a good offensive line. Uh, when we previewed Notre Dame a couple of weeks ago before the Ireland game, we were concerned about their starting guards because they were new. Uh, their offensive line looks really good. They host Ohio State in a couple of weeks in South Bend. That will be very interesting to see how that goes. They've scored um, 100. They've actually had four straight games. If you throw that together, they've got 143 points in four games. If you go back to the end of last year, which is probably a bad thing to do, they'll use the bowl game. But you know Hartman wasn't even the quarterback then. But I think that Notre Dame's pretty good. And you know, we thought they were going to be good on defense. Uh, I just didn't foresee all these skill players that Hartman has uh, the opportunity to throw the ball to. Good for the Pac-12, not good for the Big 12. Utah beating Baylor 20-13 to with using their two-quarterback system. Again, they also had 224 rushing yards on 47 carries. So Utah, without Cam rising, 2-0 and to start the year. Yeah, this really wasn't a two-quarterback system because, you know, Bryson Barnes was terrible. Uh, they basically benched him. And they put in Nate Johnson – uh, more of a mobile guy, and uh, he kind of bailed them out. This was a really, really bad football game. Somebody had to win, and they did. Uh, but you know, the Baylor had to do a lot of stupid things in this fourth quarter to blow the lead and allow Utah to, quite frankly, win the game. This contest, Iowa, Iowa State, Iowa wins 20-13. to 13. Uh, Cade McNamara, he's now with Iowa. 12 of 22, 123 yards and one interception. And the mark of hitting 25 points per game, they, Iowa fell sh- just short. Yeah, well, truth be told, I did not watch one second of this game, and I proclaimed last week that I've got you know, anything in my life would be better than watching Iowa play Iowa State. Miami and Texas A&M. Miami 48, Texas A&M 33. Tyler Van Dyke 21 of 30, 374 yards, five touchdowns uh, for Texas A&M here. Is it all maybe coming to an end for Jimbo Fisher as this hasn't really worked out for him with the Aggies? Well, they certainly are good offensively, uh, even though there were some mistakes uh, you know, on Saturday. Uh, but uh, I think Miami's the story here, actually. Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke, five touchdowns. AM had some atrocious tackling in this game, but Van Dyke looked really good. They got plenty of weapons. Uh, their special teams put them in a hole and then helped bail them out with a second half kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, but I'm a little concerned about you know getting on the Miami bandwagon here because they had three defensive linemen. And a couple guys are really good, injured in this game, look like they're not going to play anytime soon. And their All-American safety, Cameron Kitchens, took a mighty hit. It looked really bad. Was, uh, you know, he had to go, he did the, you know, unfortunately got the medical attention. He was, last I heard, he was hospitalized, but it looked like he was doing, doing okay as far as a human being things. I'm not sure when he's going to play football, when he'll be playing football again. And those are three really important players for Miami, the two defensive linemen that got hurt. As I mentioned, Kitchen is an all-American level player at safety. 
Back in the uh, Pac-12 and Big 12 contest here, Oregon 38, Texas Tech 30, quarterback battle, if you will. Bo Nix, 32 of 44, 359 yards, two touchdowns, nine carries, 46 yards. Tyler Shaw, 24 of 38, 282 yards, three touchdowns, but three picks. He also was dominant on the ground, though, with 23 carries, 101 yards, and one touchdown. Yeah, Shuck is from here. Uh, He started his career at Oregon. He made a couple of just blunder decisions, including the pick six with clinched the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, so there's that. As far as uh, Texas Tech goes, uh, well, I want to go back to Oregon for a second. Hopefully we can end this Bo Nix on the road nonsense, which was you know, should have ended that last year. He was bad on the road when he played against SEC teams and was coached by Brian Hartson, one of the worst coaches in college football history, in my opinion. He helped ruin the Boise program. Ruin is maybe a strong word, but uh, you know he's been a head coach twice at Boise and at Auburn, and he was awful in both places. Bo Nix is a good quarterback. He was really good in this game on Saturday. Saturday night on the road in Lubbock, and they won the game. Uh, they did get some breaks because Shuck made some bad plays on the other side. But I'm not sure if uh, you know the Texas Tech hype was warranted. I didn't think it was warranted before the season started. And I'm guessing after two straight losses to begin the season, they blew a 17-0 lead in Wyoming the first week, and they blew a lead in week two and lost to Oregon. Hopefully you know, we can kind of uh, you know, simmer down now on the Texas Tech, Texas Tech crap that we heard throughout the offseason in the first couple weeks of the uh, regular season. And last one here, Ole Miss 37, Tulane 20. Tulane did not have their starter, Michael Pratt, yeah. though. Jackson Dart for Ole Miss, 17 of 27, 267 yards, two touchdowns and one pick. Yeah, that's a really good point about Pratt. In fact, this point spread flipped like five points when we learned about an hour before the game that uh, that uh, Pratt wasn't going to play. Uh, they were just completely outmatched, though. I don't think it really, quite frankly, would have mattered too much had he played. In fact, they got up to a 17-7 lead, even without Pratt. Uh, and, uh, you know, Old Miss made a great comeback. Jackson Dart, former USC quarterback at one time, uh, is, uh, was very good again for a second straight week. And, you know, the, the three-headed quarterback battle that was supposedly a really big deal at Old Miss, at least through two weeks, uh, there's no battle at all as to who the starting quarterback is there. And uh, we'll see if uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, after one bad game, pulls the trigger and changes quarterbacks or not. But uh, you'll see. Lane's that sometimes been known to overreact in, in some things. I think he's toned down a little bit as far as just calling out the opponent, though. He doesn't seem to do that too, too much anymore. Football fans and golfers come together to raise money in honor of NFL coach Vince Lombardi, support organizations that help prevent cancer, provide the best care to those fighting it, and find a cure. Taking place September 16th, Talking Stick Resort. Join the fun and help find for a cure. LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi-Southwest-Open. That's LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi-Southwest-Open. Poll question time coming up next right here on KDUS AM 1060. It is in the Extra Point. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. 
11.44 on this Monday, September 11th. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We've gone through the NFL Week 1 action. We've dove into the college football weekend, and now it's time to answer today's poll questions. And we'll get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question here. Are you more optimistic about the Cardinals after the season opening 20-16 to loss at Washington? Uh, I'm going to say no. I don't think anybody's probably surprised about this. I'm not sure. I guess the fact that there were, you know, the defensive front seven made some plays, but I think that was as much the Washington offensive line, which we thought was the weakness of their team before Friday, uh, before Sunday, and we said on Friday. Uh, so I wasn't maybe that. I was certainly surprised they had that many, you know, disruptive plays. Let's put it that way. But uh, the offense was just as putrid as we expected because their offensive line is, without question, in my opinion, at least going to be one of the worst in the NFL, especially if they have a right tackle as a first-round draft pick who can't block anybody. So the defense played much better than I was anticipating there. And, and yes, I'm going to say, well, let's – hold off I guess before we uh, have an entire analysis because of just you know the Washington commanders offensive line so let's see it up up against other offensive lines however just as a whole the defense did play much better than I was anticipating they do need to tone down the extracurriculars though uh, with some aggression maybe after the whistle after plays are dead so I'd like to see that get cleaned up offensively though Um, I guess what do you expect with a quarterback that's been there for what 15 days 11 days something something along those lines I would have liked to see them try to push the ball down the field a little bit more but you know if you don't have the time uh, with the blocking to make it happen then it, it makes it a little bit challenging to put pressure on the opposing defense and get out of that box because uh, certainly they were able to key up on a lot of things that the Cardinals were trying to do with short passes uh, as well as in the run game here. Overall though, I I think that they played better than I was anticipating heading into this contest, but I still have a lot of questions. Yeah, well, I'll just add one thing that I didn't mention in the sports zone or you know, earlier in the last uh, hour plus of uh, the extra point. It'd be nice if Zach Ertz would catch a pass. Uh, he dropped at least two, maybe three. There's definitely that one in the end zone uh, that comes to mind, and then there was one more, like out in the flat, maybe that uh, he could have he could have caught there. Uh, so you have to wonder how much uh, just kind of working his way back from that injury and maybe expecting a hit or something and taking his eye off the ball uh just not characteristic for what we're accustomed to seeing from zach that's true and mcbride dropped a pass also so you know maybe if one of those guys had uh, one of those three balls were caught it might have helped a little bit but i'm not sure uh that they were gonna ever gonna score as i mentioned as soon as they fell behind in that game, once uh, you know, Howell scored the rushing touchdown, there was no way the Cardinals' offense was going to score. I was a little surprised, you know, early in the game, uh, you know, Hollywood Brown had uh, a huge play kind of in the the run game. You also had Rondell Moore involved kind of in the run game, uh, catching them a little bit off guard. Maybe just why some of those plays didn't make their way back in the second half. 
I would agree with that. I mean, I actually think they've got some weapons. I mean, Brown and Moore you mentioned, James Conner is certainly capable of NFL running back if he's healthy. You know, Ertz if he's catching the football. So you know, if they could just get anybody that could make an occasional block in the offensive line and get some competent quarterback play, uh, maybe there's some hope for the offense, but not until those things happen. The masses, though, are on the yes side of things at 73% of the vote. No sitting at 10% What I expected. Well, I was watching a couple. This, this question inspired by a couple of the local television anchors last night and so forth. It was like, let's throw a damn parade type of thing with the Cardinals. Almost, you know, they had the lead in the fourth quarter of a game. All right, let's, let's, let's get a banner for that. That's over on uh, KDOS1060.com. Flipping this on over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060. Week one wraps up tonight. Who wins Monday night in the swamps of Jersey, Bills or the Jets? I actually am on the Jets here. Uh, you know, I have questions about the Bills heading into this particular season. I am on them under the win total of 10 and a half. Uh, Josh Allen, he did get hurt in the last contest between these two teams. That's where the elbow injury came from. But the Jets have made things tough on the Bills and tough on Josh Allen here. If the offensive line can hold up against uh, the Bills here, I, I think Aaron Rodgers has the ability to make a statement with his wide receivers because I have question marks about the Bills uh, in their linebacking and, and secondary uh, on the defense. I think their secondary is okay. I wonder about their offensive line and also their you know cornerback situation. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but uh, you know, actually, uh, for betting purposes, uh, I have this game under. I got to find my number. I think I got like forty-five and a half or forty-six, one of those two. Uh, so I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game tonight. Uh, I'm not sure what the weather situation is and whether there's uh, any kind of uh, you know, spillover from last night. Obviously, the hurricane affected a lot of the weather in the college football games on Saturday and at least three NFL games on Sunday. Uh, so I'm not sure, and in, in, I'm not, well, actually, I guess four NFL games on Sunday now I further think about that. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I'm expecting a lower-scoring game. For the purpose of the question, I would favor the Jets in this game, but I uh, can't bet on the Jets because I think that their offensive tackle situation is uh, murky at best. Uh, you know, Dwayne Brown's had this shoulder thing, plus he's old. And Mekhi Becton starting at right tackle. Uh, they tell me he's better, but just watching uh, the uh, you know hard knocks when they had the joint practices for two weeks, he didn't block anybody uh, from those two teams, the Bucks or the Panthers. So uh, I'm just hoping, uh, you know, hopefully Aaron Rodgers is surviving by the end of the season. There is expected to be some light rain and partly cloudy for the game tonight. Okay. So more more swamps of Jersey. <laughs> the masses, though, are on the Bills' side of things at 66.7% of the vote. The Jets sitting at 33.3%. This is on Twitter, at KDOS AM 1060. And when we were talking about the Baltimore Ravens and some of the injuries that they had sustained, we know about the torn Achilles from J.K. Dobbins. More updates here for uh, head coach or from head coach John Harbaugh. Marcus Williams' pec injury will be out a while. The player is going to decide if he will have surgery. Uh, center Tyler 
Linderbaum has an ankle sprain. He's week to week. Offensive tackle Ronnie Stanley, he has a knee sprain. He'll be week to week. And then when you just look at what's going on previously to this, Marlon Humphrey potentially has a chance to return this week with his foot injury. Yeah, those are big guys for them. I mean, literally in the offensive lineman and uh, just uh, physically in the secondary because Humphrey is one of the best uh, defensive backs in the NFL. You know, they have had so many injuries in the last That's true. three seasons yep. um, that really to no key doubt. players that kind of derail what you think about them as a team. Absolutely. No question. And uh, unfortunately, Lamar has been he hasn't been able to finish. Uh, he's been you know, he's missed games in each of the last three years now. So hopefully he can stay healthy. We wrap up this segment or this edition of Extra Point with the final segment of the Extra Point on the other side of the break. We'll also dive into a little bit about the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're in New York. They won three of four in Chicago. It's all happening here on KDUS AM 1060. Have you downloaded the KDUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. Monday edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today around the NFL with Nate Davis from USA Today. Check out his 32 th- things that he learned every Monday in uh, USA Today. They're the print edition or online. And uh, good stuff from Nate, as always. Sound of the day, courtesy of Fox, NBC, CBS, Major League Baseball, FS1, SEC Network, and also ESPN. As always, special thanks to uh, Kayla, Aaron, and Corey. And uh, Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. Up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster, Bierstein from 5 to 6, Monday Night Golf with Ray Adams from 6 to 7, and James Out West from 7 to 8 tonight. Uh, as I mentioned, they're going to break the Diamondbacks. Uh, they lost Sunday's final game, but they did take 3 of 4 against the Cubs. So where things stand currently, Currently in the National League, you have the Braves at 93 and 49, the Dodgers at 87 and 55, the Brewers 79 and 63. In the wild card race, the Phillies 78 and 64, the Cubs 77 and 67, and the D-backs there at 75 and 69. On the outside looking in, it's the Marlins at 74 and 69, a half game back, the Giants and the Reds one and a half games back. The Diamondbacks find themselves in New York taking on the Mets with Zach Davies on the mound against Jose Quintana tonight. Yeah, I got uh, four games against the Mets, and uh, they go back for games against the Yankees, right, in a couple weeks or another. Yeah, so they should have made that, you know, should have let, let them stay there for that. They come home and play Chicago in between. 
So certainly there's a lot there uh, as they're vying for that final National League wild card spot. Uh, as Bob and I had briefly mentioned earlier on in the program, obviously today being September 11th, it's a day that yes. we'll never forget. And obviously uh, it's always on our minds and in our hearts and in our prayers about things uh, that took place on this day and uh, subsequently what happened to families who uh, lost their lives, loved ones, and those that continued to fight for our country because of everything that unfolded. And tonight, I'm sure there's going to be an incredible amount of uh, mm -hmm. things happening ahead of Monday Night Football. As always, appreciate you listening to the program. The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp is with you tomorrow starting at 9 a.m. It is a John McKechnie Fantasy Football Day. Bob, we'll talk to you then.